Welcome, Prayer Warriors. This is Prayer Warriors 365 Blog Talk Radio. My name's Regina M. Dick, and with me is fellow Prayer Warrior Renee Centenar on this Wednesday evening, May 28, 2014. Uh, we're going to begin by armoring up with God's Word and in prayer, but before we do that, I just want to check in with Renee. Renee, how are you? Hi, good evening, fellow Prayer Warriors. Like you're all here, and God bless y'all. It's a great evening, and thanks for joining tonight. All right. We are, especially those that are out there doing God's work, are really struggling in these days. We're getting some pretty major attacks in, in ways that, you know, kind of want to take us down. But what we do is we keep standing. We keep moving forward, focused on the Lord. Let's begin by armoring up with God's word. In Colossians 2, 2 through 3, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ, hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge, we as human beings in this world are clueless. We really do not know the big picture. But taking that first step of saying, I believe in you, Jesus Christ. I believe that you died and that you were resurrected, and I receive your Holy Spirit, we begin to gain that knowledge and that understanding. We begin to see the bigger picture. He unfolds things in our understanding and in our world. But not everything. It is a walk of faith. It is a walk of trusting. And the only way to trust is to be in his presence in the present moment, to continue walking and praying. And remember, prayer being dialogue means connecting and trusting. So let's begin this evening with Blog Talk Radio for Prayer Warriors 365 in prayer before our Lord. Father, we come before you in this moment in time. Before you, Father, praising and honoring and glorifying your name, the name above all names, Jesus, to which every knee will bow. Almighty God, we come before you humbled. We come before you surrendered. We come before you, Almighty God, trusting. Father, you impart upon us what we need to know when we need to know it. And we trust in you. Father, thank you that we can come before your throne, that we can come and plea our case, that we can come, Almighty God, and intercede for others, that we can come before you and thank you for what you have put into our lives, your grace and your mercy. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord, as we move throughout these next couple of hours here on Blog Talk Radio, getting revelation into spiritual understanding and what's going on 
in our lives, in our world today, that we might stand and keep standing, fighting that good fight of faith in you, one day at a time, trusting in you, no matter what we encounter. Thank you, Father, for when we can't, when we feel like we can't go any further, you carry us. You bring us through. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen. All right, Prayer Warriors 365, our mission, bring prayer warriors together from around the world, together in unity, fighting the good fight of faith in Jesus Christ with the power of prayer in the Holy Spirit one day at a time. Now, we were doing Prayer Warriors 365 in the morning, our Armor Up AM program, and it was really a good program, and I honestly miss it, doing that day-to-day prayer coming together. But what I began to realize, too, what's most important is for each one of us to really spend that morning time. I mean, you can do it any time throughout the day, but morning, first part, you get prepared for what the day will entail, what is unfolded in your circumstances throughout the day. We are pressing in these days, in that relationship with the Lord. That means seeking his face. That means coming before him. That means talking to him, opening up before him, crying out to him. That is the most important thing that we can do. Now, we do have his word, the Bible. But if we don't have relationship, if we don't have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, then the Bible's a bunch of words that don't really make sense. But if we press in with that relationship with him and truly get to know him, and that means just spending quiet time with him, go to your prayer closet, go out into nature, get get to a place where it's quiet. For a lot of people, that's unnerving. But it's most important, especially in these days, Because we are overwhelmed with information. We are overwhelmed with media. We are overwhelmed with the problems and concerns of this world and others. And there is indeed major currents of evil that are moving at a very quick pace. And you will get swept up in it. That is why we take that free choice that God gave us and we say, stop, no. I'm taking this time. I'm coming before the Lord. I don't care what's going on. And I'm coming before him. But in his presence, in the present moment, being with him, trusting in him, knowing him, being delivered, being blessed, being protected in the shelter of the Almighty. Then, as I encounter the day, as I read the books or I open the Bible, he unfolds so much understanding and wisdom, the treasures. So I want to encourage you each morning, and again, it could be any time during the day, but I encourage first thing in the morning because you armor up in the morning. You get ready. You get to that place of spiritual connection with the Lord. And that's the only way. Nobody can do it for you. A church building can't bring you there. It can maybe get you to a place of coming before him. But the building itself can't do it. 
even a congregation of fellow believers. It's powerful, and we want to do that. But we're all personally called, especially in these days, to come before him alone, seeking his face, hearing from him. We get, must receive that power from the Holy Spirit, discernment, wisdom, healing, miracles, tongues, gifts, interpretation, prophecy, all the tools and the fruit that we need, especially in these days. That means spending time with him. That is the only source. So what we're going to do is go ahead and do the uh, day 22, the nature of spiritual warfare. And then on the other side, we'll begin our Armor of God spiritual warfare prayer and then prayer requests and questions, whatever uh, anyone might have. So with that, let's go ahead and begin. In our last broadcast, we began by opening up the doors to Revelations or the unveiling, which is what revelation means. Unveiling or revelation of what's been happening in our world lately and today. These are called birth pains, as mentioned in the Bible. If we go to Matthew 24, 8, it says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But in all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. And in Mark 13, 8, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. And like birth pains or labor pains, these events, whether globally climactic, geological, financial, geopolitical, or even personal, the upheaval that we're experiencing in these days is statistically coming more frequently and with more intensity like never before. As true believers in Jesus Christ, following the leading of the Holy Spirit and discerning through the Bible, there are three major factors that give us evidence to these days that we're in right now as in times. Number one, we know that from Scripture, after Scripture in the Bible, that these things that we're experiencing are to come to pass. We've been told by generation after generation of believers who, while they saw some signs in their own times, they never in the history of mankind experienced the frequency or the intensity of events on a global level coming together. Like pieces of a puzzle that's falling into place. Number two, neither did they have the global connection that we have as a result of major technological advances in computers, the internet, television. In other words, real-time global communication. That has not been possible in the past. We are becoming a global community, moving towards 
one world government, one world religion, connecting with others. This is indeed, as we look at the Bible, see this part coming together that could have never been possible before without the advent of these technological advances. And number three, the most profound difference with our particular generation is not only the prolific unfolding of Bible prophecy, but specific events taking place with God's chosen people, Israel, that has been called God's timepiece. In other words, specific events throughout the history of the Bible, spoken by prophets, passed down from generation to generation, now in these days coming together. Bible prophecy coming true. Events that are taking place in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine, with Iran, that is affecting the rest of the world, that is taking shape, affecting people throughout the world. If we will step back and look at what is happening in line with the Bible and prophecy, you begin to see the pieces coming together and that we are all part of that. But as believers, as Christians, we are to be ready to armor up for spiritual warfare like never before. The question is, what exactly is spiritual warfare and how exactly do we fight? This is something that in our own natural understanding is little bit difficult to comprehend but if we'll take a look at it through the power of the Holy Spirit if we will look at it based on what God has revealed to us through his word the Bible and what the Holy Spirit reveals in our own personal life we begin to see he gives us all that we need So we're going to begin with the nature of spiritual warfare. Let's take a look in Wikipedia. It says, spiritual warfare is the Christian version of the concept of taking a stand against supernatural evil forces. The foundation of this ideology is having a belief in evil spirits, which are able to intervene in human affairs. Various Christian groups have adopted practices to repel such forces as based on their doctrine of Christian demonology. A common form of spiritual warfare among Christians is prayer. And I'm just going to put a little footnote here. This is where we focus as prayer warriors. But that is what we're going to be bringing you to down the line. Other practices may include exorcism, laying on of hands, fasting, or anointing with oil. Mainstream Christianity typically acknowledge a belief in the reality of demons, fallen angels, the devil in Christianity, and Satan. In Christian evangelism, doctrines of demonology are influenced by interpretations of the New Testament, namely with the Gospels in that dealing with spirits became a customary activity of Jesus' ministry. 
Mark stated that he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Mark 1.39 Evangelical Christian tradition believe that Satan and his minions exercise significant influence over this world and its power structures. A hostile realm in conflict with the kingdom of God is recorded in the Bible by the Apostle John. The whole world is under the control of the evil one. 1 John 5.19 And by Jesus who referred to Satan as the prince of this world. John 12.31 and 16.11 Which may point to the concept of territorial spirits. Paul elaborates on demonic hierarchy in Ephesians 6 where he also mentions by way of metaphor those qualities needed for defense against them two of those articles the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness were lifted from the book of Isaiah it is also believed that Satan occupies a temporal existence when the apostle Paul refers to him as the God of this age 2 Corinthians 4.4 Further, Paul's epistles focus on the victory of Christ over principalities and powers. Evangelical interpretation has history divided into two eras, the present evil age and the age to come, which supports the concept of the second coming of Christ. Imagery of spiritual warfare is displayed in the book of Revelation when in the war in heaven Revelations 12.7 the beast and the kings of the earth wage war against God's people Revelation 19.19 and a battle ensues with Satan and the nations of the earth against God himself Revelation 28 so this is kind of an overall definition or nature this is an overall kind of understanding of spiritual warfare as it pertains to the Bible and from an evangelical perspective alright let me explain evangelical evangelicals take the Bible seriously and believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior the term evangelical comes from the Greek word meaning the good news or gospel thus evangelical faith focuses on the good news of salvation brought to sinners by Jesus Christ. This is kind of laying the groundwork of what spiritual warfare is. Let's take a look at spiritual warfare on a personal level. And this is where we are going to be dealing because each one of us plays a part, a vital part. And it's up to us to armor up, to get ready, to understand, to come to that place of having faith, especially in these days. So spiritual warfare on a personal level. As believers, we are overcomers. And what do we overcome? Three things. We overcome the world, and that is a world belief system. In other words, the world is the natural, and as believers in the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ and God and all the things that we encompass is 
supernatural, from the natural to the supernatural. So we overcome the world, the world's belief system. We overcome the flesh, that is our own sin nature, our nature that is carnal. In other words, things that we in our human form desire after. Carnal nature has to do with the body of flesh as opposed to spiritual. Fleshly, which implies a connection with the flesh, thought of as man's lower nature, which is not as condemnatory as carnal. Some synonyms for carnal are profane, unspiritual, sensual, wayward, or worldly. Now, God has given men in our nature desires and they're God-given. The problem that man has is that we will put these desires before God. That's where we become carnal. We lust after the desires rather than seeking after God. To overcome that means that we surrender that nature to the Lord and we look to the supernatural. We look to God. We are no longer self-centered, but we are God-centered. And then the third is the devil, or Satan. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on a little bit to begin with. The Apostle Paul instructs Christians to wage war against the sin in themselves, that's the flesh, that's Romans 6, and to wage war against the evil one, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And we're going to kind of focus, like I said, on the enemy. Know your enemy, the devil. Oxford scholar and former atheist C.S. Lewis wrote, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. In understanding the enemy, there's many that don't even believe he exists. Well, wouldn't that be the perfect strategy for an enemy? For people not to even believe he existed. Wouldn't an enemy be able to take advantage of whomever he choose? Or those that are so focused on the enemy so focused on Satan that they give him the power, the focus. They get confused thinking that they can handle what he dishes out. This is a war. This is a spiritual war. So what does the Bible say? The Bible is very clear on the existence of spiritual warfare. Peter warns, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. This is 1 Peter 5, 8. This is what we talked about last episode, to be sober-minded. In other words, don't put your head in the sand. Don't think that the enemy, we have an enemy that doesn't exist, or that we don't really truly acknowledge a belief in this but to be sober minded in other words to take a look at it 
to be watchful. And how do we do that? We press in to learning through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our adversary or enemy, the devil, refers to Satan, who is a real entity. He's not a mythological creature or a mythical creature or an invention. Other titles of Satan include a tempter, 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, the wicked one, Matthew 13, 19, and 38, and the accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12, 10. Three of Satan's titles indicate his authority in the world. The ruler of the world in John 12.31. The God of this age, 2 Corinthians 4.4. And the prince of power of the air, Ephesians 2.2. Satan also transforms himself into an angel of light, a description that highlights his capacity and inclination to deceive. 2 Corinthians 11:14. Now here's a dilemma. We live in a world with a certain belief system that as believers in Jesus Christ, we are set apart. We're in this world, but not of this world. So when we made that confession that we believe in Jesus Christ and we ask the Holy Spirit in our lives we began this journey, this process of learning, continual learning, continually growing spiritually. It began the moment that we confessed, Jesus Christ, we believe in you. You are our Lord. We believe that you died, and on the third day you rose again. We receive the Holy Spirit. We surrender each day to prodding, to leading, to teaching, to guiding, to conviction, to obeying the Holy Spirit. As believers, this is a journey. This is a process. While all of us, all mankind, has free choice, God has given us free choice, we as believers choose Jesus Christ we choose to follow Oswald Chambers says the greatest enemy of life of faith in God is not sin but good choices which are not quite good enough the good is always the enemy of the best and this is again an understanding, a spiritual understanding, that we have an eternity beyond this world, that in this temporal period of time, we go through a path, we go on a journey, that we cannot do by ourselves, we do not understand. And even with a fellow believer, another Christian, we still get limited perspectives or limited understanding. It must be that one-on-one connection, continual with the Holy Spirit, with Christ in our lives, personal. The nearer that we draw to Him, the nearer He comes to us. For this reason, we pray, and we pray without ceasing. Because prayer 
is, again, dialogue. It's communication. We stay in communion with God. It is a continual, intimate relationship with Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. In spiritual warfare, God gives us insight through the power of the Holy Spirit. He not only gives us the word and what we are to do, but to be able to understand those words. Many times you'll hear, and you've experienced it yourself, as maybe a new believer or not even believing at all, reading words in the Bible and not really understanding them didn't make sense but as we surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit as we follow Jesus Christ the veil's taken off of our own eyes and we begin to see a different perspective a different understanding a spiritual realm and the words in the Bible make sense things that are happening in our lives make sense God gives us glimpses of the bigger picture. Makes sense. But for those still in the natural world, it doesn't make sense. In fact, it even looks foolish. And all of this is written in our Bible. We have the Word of God. What we are experiencing today is the spiritual realm is coming into our earthly realm. As believers, we understand. We are given insight. We are given clues. We're given signs. We know and we expect these things to happen. We as believers understand thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's kingdom coming here in the world through the power of the Holy Spirit in believers is unfolding. That is an understanding of spiritual warfare, the spiritual realm. So as believers, we're being led by the Holy Spirit. We are seeing things that we know are to take place. God is unfolding. To understand spiritual warfare requires that connection with the Lord. In Ephesians 6, 10-12 declares, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. How can we understand that as a human being living in this world and only being able to see things with our eyes or understand things based on this world's understanding we can't it requires a spiritual understanding it requires an understanding that the fight is not with flesh and blood 
but again it is in heavenly places. This text teaches us some crucial truths. We can only be strong in the Lord's power. It is God's armor that protects us. And our battle is against spiritual forces of evil in the world. So as believers, we know that as long as we're fighting with flesh and blood, we're losing. We don't, we're clueless about what we're really supposed to be fighting. That is why it is most important that each and every one of us as believers walk on this journey day to day with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not know how in our own understanding to fight this battle. To believe that our lives don't really make a difference in what is going on in the world today is one of the biggest deceptions of the enemy. We are beginning to see more and more how our choices have a ripple effect. How they do indeed affect not only those around us, but those around those that we encounter. There is a ripple effect, be it good or bad. So each one of us has responsibility. Each one of us will be held accountable. Each one of us will be judged. A powerful example of someone strong in the Lord's power is Michael, the archangel, in Jude 9. Michael, likely the most powerful of all God's angels, did not rebuke Satan in his own power, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Revelations 12, 7 and 8. That records that in the end of times, Michael will defeat Satan. Still, when it came to the conflict with Satan, Michael rebuked Satan in God's name and authority, not his own. It is only through our relationship with Jesus Christ that Christians have any authority over Satan and his demons. It is only in his name that our rebuke has any power. We, as believers, Christians, this is, in these times, is a day-to-day process. So how do we do all of this on a day-to-day personal level? The key to answering this question and any question, especially in these days, revolves around the very key to the entire Bible. Spoken by Jesus very plainly, but most profoundly. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John 14.6 He is the key. And as Christians, that's what we believe. That's what we stand. That is why Christians are indeed experiencing persecution in various forms, especially in these days. Remember, He is the answer. That is spiritual warfare. That is why even the name Jesus is being taken lightly, mocked, spoken with disrespect, 
we are indeed in warfare spiritual warfare but if we look at it from his perspective the battle belongs to him this is our part we trust but in order to trust we must know know intimately we must walk through experiences in our lives that builds up our faith and trust in him many people are out there proclaiming Jesus preaching Jesus but not truly trusting Jesus that's the fight that is the good fight when Jesus left this world physically he did not leave us abandoned he prayed to the Father for another helper the Holy Spirit to be with us all always in John fourteen fifteen through 18 in the New King James Version it says if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever and here's the key the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him but you will know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come to you now I'm going to read this Bible verses again John 14 15 through 18 but the amplified version it says if you really love me you will keep or obey my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter comforter being counselor helper intercessor advocate strengthener and standby that he will remain with you for ever the spirit of truth that's a capital S spirit of truth the Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive welcome or take it to its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you I will not leave you as orphans in other words he will not leave us comfortless desolate bereaved forlorn or helpless I will come back to you this world's not going to understand but as believers we receive we believe and as we walk through each day our perception grows we begin to understand this is an upside down war in that it is upside down to our own understanding it is a war that is not with flesh and blood but a spiritual war if we are fighting with flesh and blood in our lives be it personal or on a global level then we're losing in order to even begin to understand takes continual trust in God through the power of the Holy Spirit this is a war that can only be won by surrender meaning our own personal surrender and it is personal very personal 
It is a war that everyone participates, whether they know it or not, or whether they believe it or not. And this is the fight. It is the good fight. The good fight of faith in Jesus Christ. One day at a time. Remember, when he comes again, the enemy is defeated completely out of our lives. When he died on the cross, the keys of sin and death are his. We won on Calvary. He's taking back at his second coming. Next episode, we're going to be giving some keys for success in spiritual warfare. A little bit deeper understanding. And what the purpose is here is to help you to, first of all, begin to understand spiritual warfare. And secondly, begin to realize the spiritual tools that God gives us. But remember, the key is always Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And if you can center your understanding on that one simple statement, it has spiritual understanding and eternal ramifications. 